WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. in the history of big-time sports in a totally selfish bag of excrements. But he's not the biggest problem with the Steelers. Not by a long shot. Let's not overcomplicate the situation. The Steelers can't play defense. A, they can't cover. B, they can't tackle. C, they haven't recovered from losing Ryan Shazier and didn't adequately try to replace him. There's plenty of other stuff we can bitch about, and we will, like crazy too. Like 12 penalties. Like A.B. being a cancer, no matter how good he is. Like an obvious lack of leadership. There's even a couple things that are praiseworthy. Like a big day for Juju Smith-Schuster. Like Ben Roethlisberger yanking the Steelers back into the game playing like he was Red Grange. But it all comes back to one primary problem. The Steelers can't play defense. The Steelers have allowed 87 points in their last two home games. The Steelers can't play defense, and therein lies the biggest problem. This is the Mark Madden Show. The angst in Pittsburgh is palpable. The Steelers are 0-1-1. If they lose Monday night at Tampa, 0-2-1 may not be a death sentence. But what on earth would make you think they could dig their way out? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMadX. Let's get one thing out the way. The Steelers don't need Le'Veon Bell. They just scored 37 points without him. Bell's absence is not an issue right now. Antonio Brown is a cancer. The Steelers are rallying desperately, really making a run after trailing 21-zip. And Brown's on the sideline bitching about not getting the ball, bitching about his stats. And today, he's on Twitter daring the Steelers to trade him. More on that in just a couple minutes. You know what Antonio Brown and me have in common? Neither of us really cares if the Steelers win. I guess no one told Juju Smith-Schuster he's not allowed to outperform Antonio Brown. And Jesse James had better numbers yesterday. That's happening, and that's a problem. That's a real big problem in the twisted mind of Antonio Brown. Ben was brilliant yesterday. The elbow, it, it it seemed okay. But it's all about how bad the defense was, and is, and will continue to be. The coverage and tackling were appalling, a crime against football. Kansas City has so many weapons, and the Steelers have so many weaknesses. Kelsey ripped the Steelers apart. Half the time, he got covered by a backer. It seemed like Kelsey was running his patterns right at John Bostick. The Chiefs got three touchdowns, in the first quarter, 
up 21 zip. The Steelers tied the game 21-21. And then Kansas City takes the second half kickoff and drives right down the field. Touchdown. It takes a little over two minutes, and you can't keep catching up the whole game. The Steelers knew their defense was broken, and the Steelers didn't fix it. The last two years, they just kept drafting quarterbacks. What the frick? They got Ben. They had Landry Jones. The D sucks. They keep drafting quarterbacks, Dobbs and Rudolph. Shazier gets hurt. They sign Bostick. And that's like slapping a butterfly stitch on a shotgun wound. The bleeding just doesn't stop. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're going to bitch quite a bit about Antonio Braun and his shenanigans. Don't don't get me wrong. We we will. But the defense is the biggest problem. The biggest problem. Can the Steelers turn it around? I don't know. You tell me. Does it look like it? You can't even say it's up to Ben. Ben Roethlisberger did everything he could yesterday. He was superhuman, and Pittsburgh still lost. 39 of 60, 452 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. When the quarterback throws further than I could walk, that's a pretty good day. Ben might be the second greatest stealer of all time after Mean Joe Green. Mahomes was very good for Kansas City, but all he had to do mostly was hit wide-open guys. I do like his hair, though. Mahomes got Hill, he got Hunt, he got Kelsey, he got Watkins. For a first-year starting quarterback to have that many weapons, it puts him in a comfort zone, and Mahomes clearly was in, well, any number of different kind of zones yesterday, comfort being first and foremost. For the Steelers, it was another stink sandwich. How can you talk X's and O's after that game? We talk and we talk and it doesn't get fixed. Maybe because it can't be fixed. Okay, here's what you've been waiting for. You can't fix Antonio Brown. You can't. I'm going to be talking about that sack of excrement at length all day. But today on social media... There was an exchange between Brown and Ryan Scarpino. Ryan Scarpino being a former Steeler media relations employee. And Scarpino tweeted, A.B. needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben. And Ben got A.B. paid. You know darn well he wouldn't put up those numbers for other teams. And Antonio Brown tweets back, trade me, let's find out. If that's not asking to be traded, that's pretty close. It's certainly daring the Steelers to trade him. And there's a report Antonio Brown told Fickner to send me away, I'm serious, unquote, during AB's blow-up on the sideline yesterday. Ben or Cam or Tomlin needs to get about six inches from Antonio Brown's face and say, with great volume, wise the frig up. And if A.B.'s feelings are hurt and he goes home, if he walks out, so be it. 
But none of that's going to happen, and it's probably too late anyway. A.B. isn't about the Steelers. He's about his brand, and the brand needs stats. Pizza Hut needs catches. No one on pizzas, the hut, don't forget. A.B. is a punk, period. He's a jive-ass, lame-ass, candy-ass, any kind of ass, punk. And anybody who defends A.B. at this point is just as big a punk as he is. He's the greatest Steeler receiver of all time. He ain't going to be remembered like that. He's just going to be remembered as a punk. Ron Cook had a great lead today to his column in the Post-Gazette. He said, I feel sorry for Ben Roethlisberger because he has to deal with Antonio Brown. A.B.'s the best receiver in football. And Cookie's right. You'd hate to have to deal with them. If you're Ben Roethlisberger, 36 years old, two rings, millions and millions of dollars, great wife, great kids, great family. I heard he just built a big house in Swickley. That's how you know you made it. Big house in Swickley. I got a big house on the big side of town. Ben got a bigger house on the biggest side of town. Why would he want to deal with a punk like Antonio Brown? He's got to be thinking, do I really need this? I predicted before the season, even though Ben's talking about playing, what, three more years after this one, he might get real sick of it by the time this year's over. I am not definitely counting him in for next season. Uh, but again, AB is going to be what we talk about because it's sexy. It's a great story. It's what's best for business. But we got to stick with talking about the defense too. Although there's no fixing it. There's no fixing it. When Cam Sutton, and I thought he was good, I was wrong. When Cam Sutton, you can flip him over, by the way. He's done on this side. When Cam Sutton plays so bad that Cody Sensabaugh has to go in, they should be cutting Cody Sensabaugh, not sending him in for Cam Sutton. Artie Burns was a horror show. Sean Davis was a horror show. They drafted young guys to fix the defense when they weren't drafting quarterbacks, that is. And none of the young guys are good enough to fix the defense. At one point during yesterday's Steeler game, my screen froze. Seriously, it did. I'm on Comcast, Xfinity, whatever it's called this week, and my screen froze. Just CBS, though. So you know what I did? I switched to NFL Red Zone. It worked out great. The Chiefs were always on the verge of scoring. I didn't miss a thing. We've got a great show today. I I said on Twitter earlier today, when the situation is dire for the Steelers, nobody is better at this than me. I mean, nobody's better at this than me, period. But this is where I really shine. This is Ted Williams hitting 400. This is DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. This is Mario Lemieux's 199-point season. This is O.J., Rushing for 2,000 yards, 
without the murder, well, two. Did they ever really prove? I, they did, but he's still, he's free. As am I, to bury Antonio Brown like a dead dog all day long. You, you do not want to miss today's show. If you're just tuning in, Antonio Brown dared the Steelers to trade him on Twitter today. You know what Antonio Brown needs? Seriously, I said a few moments ago, he needs like Ben or Cam or Tomlin six inches away from his face telling him to wise the frig up. You know what he needs more than that? He needs knocked on his ass. And not by a hit in a football game, by a fist to his face. I'm not threatening that. I'm far too old, far too fat, and far too civilized. But that's what he needs. He needs a fist to the face. He needs fisted. Oh, wait, that could mean something else. Actually, that probably wouldn't hurt either. Oh, it would hurt him. 412. Sorry, Mrs. R. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got great guests today, too. Tim Benz at 330. Our football guru, Matt Williamson at 5.30. If you're not fired up for today's show, I don't know what you're fired up for. Oh, wait, I do know. Saturday morning at Wembley Stadium in London, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Liverpool Football Club 2, Liverpool 5-0, and Champions League against Paris Saint-Germain tomorrow. What's causing all this? Woo! 105.9 The X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Legalizing something and doing it to the point of being stupid are two different things, stupid. The X at 105.9. The word is that New England might sign Josh Gordon, who just got let go by Cleveland. Cleveland says it wasn't cause uh, of another pot infraction. They just are sick of him, and I don't blame them. That would be so New England to sign Josh Gordon. Uh, We've been talking about Antonio Brown, and we're going to. But he's just a microcosm. I believe the Steelers as a team and as an organization lack focus and discipline. Tomlin doesn't just tolerate. He enables. And that has added up over the years, and now we're at critical mass. you got A.B. acting like a child because he didn't get his stats and today daring the Steelers to trade him. You got Juju riding into the stadium on a bike yesterday, and there's a camera crew because we have to get all that all over social media. You just tied Cleveland, and you still find your way clear to stage a circus act. Uh, Juju played great yesterday, no question. But why can't the Steelers, all of them, just show up with your game face on and compete hard from the first minute. Compete hard mentally from the moment you set foot on the premises. Yeah, I know. I'm old. I yell at clouds, blah, blah, blah. But I believe winning is more important than fun. I believe winning is the fun. You don't just compete in sports. You compete in life. And my competitive edge is why I've achieved what I have. And there's a lot of millennials out there. I mean, somebody got to achieve, maybe by accident. But what's important to you? If winning isn't, if being better isn't, then what the frig is important? And as far as the Steelers go, we can all see this way isn't working. 
only three playoff wins over the last eight years, we can all see this way isn't working. A lot of you think, including media people, football isn't everything. Let them have fun. But young people today don't know how to compete or what it takes to win. It's all added up. Years in participation trophies and T-ball with a 16-kid batting order and co-ed sports where winning doesn't matter. And that's not sexist. That doesn't just make the boys non-competitive. It makes the girls equally non-competitive. That attitude disgusts me. And many of you disgust me because you embrace it. But it's okay because you already had the skewed priorities of fantasy football. The bottom line is, you don't win with players like Antonio Brown. You don't win with players like Le'Veon Bell. They may be all pro, but they're the toxic twins. I know you don't win with guys like that because the Steelers haven't, and they're not going to. The Steelers obviously need a culture change, but that can't happen with Antonio Brown on the team, especially Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell's just a dummy. That's all he is. I wouldn't call him evil. He's just greedy, and he's a dummy. Antonio Brown is a twisted son of a bitch who puts himself ahead of everything, anything, and anybody else. He's a bad guy. I don't care how many checks he signs, 100Ks, a drop in the bucket for that guy. And he never does something nice unless the camera's around. He's a bad guy. You're not going to change your culture with a jerk like that at the top of the pyramid. And if you support Antonio Brown at this point, you're a creep just like he is. Let's go to Brian in Fox Chapel. Brian, you're on with Double M. Brian, you're on the air. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. What's up? Hey, I didn't call to talk about Brown. I've always known that Tomlin doesn't have a control of that locker room. Actually, while I was on hold to go on the air, I watched uh, Stephen A. Smith's take on first take today, and uh, he said I had uh, Mike Tomlin on here three weeks ago asking him if that uh, defense was going to be an issue, specifically the secondary. And he said, no, we took care of things in the draft and in training camp where we're confident about this defense. I don't think Tomlin cares or doesn't hold anyone accountable. I don't know if it's a secondary Yeah, but, you know, he has to say that. What's he supposed to do, go on Stephen A. Smith and say, our D's going to suck and we screwed up in the offseason? Well, no, you can't say that, brah. Who's your... Who's your backup to Artie Burns? Because you can't can't you bench a number one draft pick? I mean, I remember uh, Cower back in the day uh, benching Ike Taylor and didn't care if Ike Taylor liked it or not. Why can't uh, I don't know Tomlin who re- you put in there in his place, especially no with Joe Hayden injured yesterday. They pulled Cam Sutton and put in Cody Sensabaugh. Yeah, that's like I mean, taking I, out the one legged guy and putting in a guy who has a hook for a hand. Let's go to Ron in East Liverpool, Ron. You're on with Double M. Mark, they got too many stat stars on the team, like you were saying, and not worry about winning. Even when they got theirs, A.B. even's got his money already. So it's not like getting getting the stats to get the money. It's not about winning. He just wants to help prompt out there. And, oh, it's and about his brand. It's, it's about what endorsements he can get. It's about nobody out Pizza's the hut. Pizza Hut exactly. needs catches, my friend. Don't you know that? Pizza That's Hut needs is. catches. Did you see that commercial with him and Juju dancing? 
Wonder what Jim Brown thinks of that, the all-time great Cleveland Browns running back, the best football player ever. I wonder what he thinks of Juju and A.B. dancing in a Pizza Hut commercial. If you Google Jim Brown and dancing, you can find out. Up next, Tim Benz, 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, double M, thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma. I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X at 105.9. I still get a lot of tweets defending A.B. Hey, he dared the Steelers to trade him today. If they did trade him to, like, Cleveland or Buffalo, it'd be like he went into witness protection. You'd never hear from him again. Joining me now, you can read him in the trip. You can hear him on Steelers Radio Network. We welcome to the program, Tim Benz. Tim, let's talk about the game first before we get to A.B. It was a great game. The Steelers scored 37 points. Imagine if they could play defense even a little bit. Was it just me, Mark, or was that more or less like watching, especially beginning the fifth quarter of the Jacksonville playoff game? It had exactly the same field. A field to a horrific start at Heinz Field. Lots of offense, no defense from the Steelers. The only thing that was really different is the offense didn't put the team in a bad position like it did early in the game with the interceptions, the turnovers, pick sixes, etc. cetera. Uh, I wouldn't leave the offense entirely out of the blame game because of what they did after Jesse James touchdown, taking that much time off the clock and eight snaps to get in the end zone. Uh, they had one really bad possession in the third quarter, they had a couple bad possessions to start the game, but for the most part, this loss in decreasing order, number one defense, number two special teams, number three coaching, and if you want to argue how close the other two are to the defense, I will, but uh, just top to bottom, as you like to say, a stink sandwich, and everyone took a bite. Was it Mahomes being good or the defense being that bad? Because Mahomes had, Mahomes had a great week one, too. But on some of his passes yesterday, the receiver was so wide open. Tim, so wide open, it defied comprehension. Yeah, I think what you saw, Mark, is a pretty good example of what a quarterback looks like who's good and got talent and was on a hot day in Mahomes versus what an average quarterback who wasn't playing very well looks like in bad conditions, mind you, too, in Cleveland the week before. That defense versus a guy like Tyrod Taylor under those circumstances well, you get what you got, which was a struggle for Cleveland to get to 21 points with the defense basically getting them one touchdown. When you get the hot quarterback at the other end of the spectrum I just just described, you get 45 points. Uh, I think somewhere in between is where an average quarterback could be. And on Monday Night Football, you've got an average quarterback playing great in Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. So I wouldn't be stunned, uh, barring some really bad weather conditions again in Tampa next week, I wouldn't be stunned if you see this Steelers defense once again give up at least 35 points, if not more, with the way Fitzpatrick is throwing the football, even though he's got a bad track record against the Steelers. At what point are Burns and Davis a bust? Third-year pros, and they have zero consistency to their game. Yeah, I'm just about ready to call Burns that. I'm going to give Davis a little bit more time at free safety. The returns on his performance against Cleveland were good. Not as good this week, but a much tougher assignment. And of these, uh, this group of players that they've thrown together in the secondary, I found his play to be less offensive than some of the corners, at least, like you pointed out before, and I noted it too on Twitter. Man, if you've got to go to Cody Sensabaugh, who you were on the verge of cutting in training camp to take away Tyree Kill, 
You've got problems. You've got an aging veteran corner in Hilton that you just can't keep healthy. You've got a guy in Sutton that you don't quite know what to do with that maybe we all overrated. And you got to go to Sensabaugh, who you barely kept on the team. Uh, those problems I rank in front of Davis, who still might have some versatility, and I don't think is a complete lost cause yet of free safety. Bostic's useless. Kelsey seemed to be running his patterns right at him. If Bostic can't cover Tim, get him off the field and use another safety. Yeah, and I wonder how much that good – you're right, that's what I would do, but I wonder how much that option is uh, turning their crank right now with Morgan Burnett, who doesn't appear to be as good as what they thought when they got him in the first place, at least a couple games in so far. The Kelsey thing is really interesting, Mark, for two reasons. Number one, the only real negative talking point coming out of that game against the Chargers offensively was, hey, is Kelsey still going to be as much of a part of this offense uh, with Mahomes playing quarterback as, as he was with Alex Smith. And, you know, talking about Kelsey against the Steelers, he didn't have a very good track record against Pittsburgh coming into this game. And they just used him to death. And if, there, if it was an agenda to get him back into the offense just for the sake of quelling that concern, well, the Steelers' defense was the perfect antidote to that narrative. And you can just store that because Kelsey looked like an all-pro again yesterday. Ben had a rough first couple series, Tim. After that, he was Red Grange. If the Steelers win, uh, that might have been seen as one of his better games ever, especially considering the touchdown run, Old Man River diving at the flag. Yeah, the comeback definitely would have been remembered had they closed the deal. Like, for instance, if Tyler, even if Tyler Matikiewicz is the reason why, and he blocks that punt instead of running into the punter, and they score on special teams to give them the win, yeah, we'll be talking about the comeback, and we're talking about the fourth down dives. He wasn't perfect, though, Mark, especially in this deep ball by his own admission. It's not there right now, and I would say it hasn't really been there since the early portion of last year. It started to go awry, as I remember it, back in Chicago with Martavis Bryant. We wanted to throw a lot of that at Bryant's feet, but even though Bryant is gone now, Ben is still having uh, troubles hitting the deep ball to various receivers still left on the team. He's still erratic with his throws. Uh, even going back to Cleveland, I faulted him more on throws that didn't result in interceptions than those that did. Uh, he's just missing guys in ways that he hasn't. But yesterday, he was the biggest reason for the comeback, that's for sure. They couldn't run. Everybody knew they were throwing, and he still got them back in the game after a 21 nothing hole. We're talking to Tim Benz of the Trib and Steelers Nation Radio. He'll be hosting the show tomorrow when I watch Liverpool and Paris Saint-Germain and adopt my new cat. Uh, Tim, what caused the A-B blow-up? Obviously, uh, with Fickner on the sideline and then again today on social media, daring the Steelers to trade him. I assume it's because he didn't get the ball enough. What else? First of all, Mark, isn't it great that you can even count on former Steeler front office employees to go off on Twitter to make our shows and our columns happen for us? That's how far it goes in the Steelers organization. They just can't stay away from social media. Well, Ryan Scarpino is who you're talking about. And uh, honestly, Tim, I thought he was a bit of a blowhard till he bought AB out of his shell today. I just want to go back through the tweets of Dave Lockett and Ron Wall to see if they ever said that Tommy Maddox made Heinz Ward. Maybe this goes back further than we're remembering. But as far as what caused A.B. to go off, I think it's a combination of everything you said in the open, Mark. It's a little from column A, B, C, D, and E. You know, that he wasn't getting the ball enough when it was coming his way. It wasn't accurate enough that Juju Smith-Schuster was getting a lot of the attention that they're losing. All of these things, I think, contributed. And um, this is exactly what I wrote about in the trip today which is I don't think team turmoil can handle a losing streak. The only thing that's mitigated this circus of a locker room that they have 
is that they just don't lose a lot of games in a row. They rarely have. In fact, go back to 2016. 2016 had a four-game losing streak, as you probably recall, and they closed out the regular season with seven straight wins, won two playoff games before losing the AFC Championship game to New England. It's been 27 weeks of a stretch before they had back-to-back weeks without a victory. Well, Jacksonville into the tie against the Cleveland Browns, and now the loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. They played three games in a row where they haven't won, and it's already starting to blow up. Uh, they get the loss again yesterday after the tie against Cleveland. What happened? Bud Dupree's chirping back at a fan. Antonio Brown is asking for a trade. Uh, you, you touched on this a moment ago, Tim. Juju has outplayed A.B. so far this season. Better stats. Jesse James even had better stats yesterday. For A.B., I think that's a big problem, a seriously big problem. I agree. Uh, he wants to be number one all the time, and he hasn't had to worry about being anything but for a very, oh, gosh, going back to, what, 2013. So he's not used to sharing the limelight at all, and even though – some people on the inside or around Juju all the time kind of see through these social media uh, visage that he likes to throw out there. The fans don't know that. They love him. As you pointed out, he's the guy that goes to work on a bike, right? So everybody is prone to like him, while A.B., I think, is uh, getting more and more detractors all the time with his social media and public persona and behavior. That is a problem. And uh, I'll take the uh, thing about A.B. not getting the ball as much as Juju one step further and maybe put it actually on Brown himself. Are you seeing him get the separation he normally gets? Because I'm not. No, I am not, and Ben clearly isn't either. Ben hits the open guy. And if 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 A.B. thinks that Ben's ignoring him when he's open, Ben just doesn't do that. Ben goes through his reads as quickly as any quarterback and gets it to the open guy. Now, here's a tweet from Chuck Curdy, who works for the trip, Tim. Interesting question. How many interceptions has Ben thrown trying to force the ball to Brown in order to placate him. Boy, I can think of one at Cleveland for sure, and I think he does try to force it to A.B. just because A.B. is always in his ear. And I can think of two other balls in that Cleveland game that were attempts at the back shoulder fade that they normally hook up on where that fraction of an inch of separation that A.B. normally gets to create for the window for Ben just wasn't there. Uh, those throws I didn't deem to be on Ben as much as I did those two back shoulders that I'm thinking of the fact that Brown just didn't get the clear amount of separation that he normally does. And I think there's a lot of merit to that, uh, that suggestion, because you know as well as I do, if Ben wants to make his life easier, he's going to throw the ball to the best receiver in the game when he's open. And maybe he's not that right now, and maybe he's not as open as, pos- as, as often as he should be, as often as Ben is used to seeing. All that being said, though, what did he have yesterday for his nine catches? 17 targets? So by no means is Roethlisberger ignoring him. You know, he's not trying to go to Jesse James first in a lot of these cases, I'm sure. Does A.B. care if the Steelers win, Tim? Where's that rank on his priorities? Because yesterday, he ignored a touchdown celebration and practically ran to the sideline to start yelling at Fickner. Yeah, I don't get the impression by any means that winning is his first priority. Excelling, playing well, being very good, all that leads to winning but I've never gotten the impression from him that team success is first in his own Well, well, well Tim, put it this way. If you gave him a choice between 15 catches and a win, he'd take the 15 catches every time. 
Of course, and I'll even date back, none of this having to do with Roethlisberger. What about when Roethlisberger was out in, what was that, 2015? You remember that game against the uh, Arizona Cardinals where Landry Jones was playing? And he had to throw the ball to Martavis Bryant a bunch. Remember that Michael Vick got hurt midway through and Landry Jones was thrust in? And Martavis kind of became the main target. And they were having a comeback and Martavis was having a big game. And that's when Brown started yapping at Landry. The backup quarterback on the sidelines, just let him be and do whatever you can to win the game, and then worry about that stuff afterwards if you worry about it at all. But that's the first time I really noticed the separation between, you know, A.B. just wanting to be good and be competitive and all that, and actually caring about himself more so than the team's success. How much does all the turmoil hurt the Steelers? I don't see how anyone could deny that it does. And I don't see anybody that's going to fix it or even try and fix it. I said earlier, Tim, that either Ben or Cam or Tomlin needs to get about six inches away from A.B.'s face and tell him to wise the frig up, the consequences be damned, but that's just not going to happen. Or what about ownership telling the coach to tell the players? Could they do that? Uh, that won't happen either. Yeah, I'm afraid it won't, but it should. I think at this point, Mark, the biggest problem is everybody is in their mode, they're in their habits. Uh, this is just A.B. being A.B. This is just Lev being Lev. Unfortunately, that seems to be an accepted explanation, an accepted excuse. And uh, to my earlier point, I don't think that attitude, I don't think this combustible group of characters can handle bad football. Winning has been the ultimate deodorant in that regard for the better part of three to four years now, but they don't win enough in the playoffs. And this year, with that mentality, and a lack of talent around it, and a team that just may not be as good, I think they're in for real problems. Should Tomlin be under fire? Uh, I think he would be under fire nationally after, you know, three playoff wins in eight years and the Jacksonville playoff loss last year and the start to this season. But everyone knows he'll never get fired, so why talk about it? Right, exactly. Uh, the most agitated I was, with Mike Tomlin was towards the end of the regular season of 2015 when they lost that Baltimore game to Ryan Mallett. And they were basically playing their way out of what appeared to be a clinched playoff position. And that's the first time I said they need to start taking a hard look at him. And then next thing you know, I thought he piloted them very nicely through the playoffs and through some really difficult times in 2016 as well. And I thought, for the most part, it reestablished his reputation that he had built in his first few years as a coach. But you know, he can let these guys do whatever they want, whenever they want, as he appears to. But right now, it strikes me that it's getting in the way of winning. And it's getting in the way of this team being as good as it can be. And um, if he's you know, part of that, I don't think he gets three non-playoff seasons in a row like Tower does. He'd survive this year for sure. But if this sort of stuff continues after this season, I don't think he gets the three non-playoff years like Tower would. Tim, great stuff. Good work in the trip. We'll talk again soon. Mark, good luck with the cat and good luck with Liverpool. Oh, and Tim, I will be appearing on your show tomorrow. Oh, okay. Will we have a cat update or a soccer update first? Well, I'm coming on after the Liverpool game, so uh, I don't know. I guess it really just depends on the result. How many of the nine lives of the cat will be burned just watching you watch Liverpool? That's the big question. I expect she'll do what the last cat did and just eat and sleep. <laughs> Good luck with it, Mark. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. More A-B talk all day long. More Steeler defense talk all day long. The Steelers are in trouble. And if they lose at Tampa Bay, it's over.
1059 the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, it's sexy. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about a Nazi than any man alive. The X at 1059. I can't believe anybody out there would need any reaffirmation that Antonio Brown's a dink after blowing up on the sideline yesterday and then daring the Steelers to trade him on Twitter today. But uh, we'll get uh, to a lot more Antonio Brown just around the corner. Let's just not lose sight of the fact that the Steelers' defense lost the game. Antonio Brown's a cancer and a big reason this team is underachieving, and I don't care about his numbers. I don't. He does. I don't. You shouldn't either. You don't win with guys like that. Him and Bell, the toxic twins. You don't win with guys like that. We'll talk about that in length in a, in a couple minutes. Uh, people are debating why Tomlin did an onside kick yesterday with two minutes left. Look, the Steelers suck at onside kicks, and they can't stop anybody on defense. So what's the difference? And by the way, Boswell blows now. Boswell got his money, and now he blows. How about when Ben threw that touchdown when he was clearly over the line of scrimmage? Clearly over the line of scrimmage. They watched the replay, and they let the touchdown stand. Ben was so good yesterday, he fooled replay. And as good as Ben was, Mahomes was even better. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Yesterday's game did live up to the billing. We finally got a high-scoring shootout between Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Oh, I got to mention, I really enjoyed the announcing with Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. Normally, I turn down the sound, but that announce team, those two, them are the best in football. Uh... Vontae Davis, the Buffalo cornerback, he retired at halftime yesterday. Just didn't come back out for the second half. Hey, when you're done, you're done. Artie Burns, take note. I want to know what you think of that Steelers D, what you think of the Antonio Brown situation. It might get a lot worse before it gets any better. 105.9.